Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. This is our TV Talks. We are broadcasting live from Charleston Wine and Food Festival. This is day two, Saturday. We are so psyched to be out here in this beautiful, sunny teepee, far, far away from the sleet bomb cyclone that's happening in New York City. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here today. And I hope you're having an awesome time at the Culinary Village so far. My name's Katie Mosman-Wadler. I'm the executive director of Heritage Radio Network. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we're a nonprofit food radio station. We're based in Brooklyn. And uh, we've been so happy to be part of the Charleston Wine and Food Festival for the last couple of years. Fun chance for us to break out of our shipping container studio behind Roberta's Pizza and uh, come on down and sit outside in the sunshine. And uh, I have some awesome guests here with me today. Um, first off, I have Rachel Kerr from Wisconsin Cheese. Hey, Rachel. Hello, good afternoon. Thanks for making the trek with us. Happily. And um, I'm also uh, joined by Patty Florsheimer. Welcome, Patty. How are you? Thanks for having us here. Thanks for coming on. And uh, your business partner, Trudy Wagner. Thank you for having us. So, um, Patty and Trudy, I wanted to um, talk to you a little bit. You guys are local to Charleston. You have a shop. Can you tell us a little bit of your background with the cheese shop? We actually have two shops. Um, the second one is only a little over a year old. Um, the first one is about seven years old. It's on Church Street, which is just south of Broad Street, for anyone that knows Charleston. Mm -hmm. um, it's about the size of a large shoebox. And it is filled to the rafters with um, all kinds of artisan products, including especially cheese. Most especially it's called, cheese. called goat sheep cow. Goat sheep cow. And how did you first get into the cheese business? You're on. <laughs> that's, a, that's a complicated answer. Um, we came to Charleston um, in 2009, actually, uh, after having been in business in New Jersey uh, with a wine shop that had a little bit of cheese in it. Um, and after arriving into Charleston, we looked around and, and figured out there was plenty of wine, but no one was doing cheese. And we knew cheese. So we took our kind of our model that we, we had in New Jersey and we flip-flopped it. And, um, and so we opened made, a cheese made shop. Made cheese the star. Yeah, made the cheese the star and opened it and, and had a little bit of wine and lots of cheese. So that's as short as I can make it. <laughs> and is that how the two of you met? Uh, no. We met in New Jersey at a wine dinner. And uh, we, we joke that we haven't stopped talking since. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And when was that? 2007. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a long conversation, I guess. It's been a very long conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. How did you make the decision to land in Charleston? Uh, my daughter was going to school here, the College of Charleston, and my house was for sale in New Jersey, and my marriage was falling apart, and my, um, I said to Trudy, come on, as soon as my house sells, I'm out of here, we're going to Charleston, I've fallen in love with it because of visiting my daughter here, and we came down to visit, and it, a four-day trip turned into two weeks, and we were... <laughs> Completely hooked. Completely uh -huh. hooked. I love this town. Amazing. 2009. When did we get here? We, we moved in 2009. We visited yeah. in 2008. Yeah. And what are your respective roles with the business? How do you divide the workload? Uh, kind of who does what? 
Trudy does the work and I talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, Patty is more of the design and and creative force. Uh, She thinks outside of the box and comes up with all of the events and ideas for events and and just everything that... um, any problem there is, actually, Patty's there to creatively find a way to fix it uh, and and make it work. Um, for me, I I, uh, I kind of like she's like the balloon. I carry the bal- and I march down the field with the balloon in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of do the nuts and bolts. I do uh, all of the specialty food buying. Um, I just recently turned over the beverage program to a beverage director, um, and uh, so we've been. We've been working tirelessly for seven years, and finally now in the last few months, we've been able to uh, get the right bodies in place and kind of let ourselves take a little bit of a step back, which has been amazing, uh, and let real pros do it. But uh, we certainly started with aprons on, cutting cheese, literally, the two of us behind the counter, uh, doing every single thing, and uh, so we're... Here we are, seven years later. We're really tired. <laughs> so do you have any, any advice for somebody who's thinking about opening a cheese shop or a wine and cheese shop? Um, uh, I think like you any... Need the, I'll tell you one I would say. What's that? You, it's tough without a big population. It's difficult. It's a little bit difficult here because everyone thinks this is a big city and it's really not. It's really small. Um, we, are, we shake in our shoes at the thought of a big, uh, one of the big stores coming and opening. Don't, because Don't it's tell just them to not come the, here. There's not the number of people that, that everyone thinks that there is all year round. Uh-huh. And, um, well, Charleston, look, I think, yes. Location, people, location, 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 yeah, Charleston is a small town. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it a city. I mean, in, in the greater Charleston area, there's, at best, 400,000. I'm being really generous with that. So, by population, it's yeah. super tiny. Um, even though uh, f- for food, I mean, it, Charleston punches really high in its weight for yeah. food quality, and, and people are very culinarily aware here. Uh, so, that makes it uh, yeah. good a good transition for us. But Southerners are not really familiar with cheese, and we've worked hard to kind of educate them about cheese and and our job really we take it seriously in the sense of bringing specialty cheese to Charleston and teaching and teaching teaching lots of people about cheese and and um, uh, we we often say uh, you know I mean I think wine gets a lot of press but uh, cheese speaks just as much about terroir as wine does and uh, and that's important and I don't think people they don't they don't give cheese credit there period well, we're really excited today to um, be joined by one of our awesome sponsors, Wisconsin Cheese, and we're going to have a few samples to be handing out, but um, I wanted to talk to you guys about what kinds of cheeses are you sourcing from Wisconsin, and um, what role does that play in kind of your uh, education of the community? Um, I We don't have a tremendous roster of cheeses from Wisconsin, but we do have stars from Wisconsin. Um, and one that comes into my head that's on our list, it's on the short list every single time. Um, and we've taught people a lot about it, and that is Rush Creek Reserve and the cheeses that are made by a young man named Andy Hatch, who is a um, farmstead 
really old-fashioned farmstead cheesemaker, which means if people don't understand that term... Uh, That's the he, hardest job in the world. It is the hardest job in the world, I think. He okay. raises his own cows, he milks his own cows, and he makes his own cheese in-house. Um, he doesn't source his milk from other people. And that, to me, if you think about that, there is never... A, you're a farmer and you're a cheesemaker. And it is a, a full-time... 24-hour-a-day, 365-day-a-year job. And he produces some of the most awesome cheeses. I mean, think about it alone. In terms of farmstead, these guys, and I, on average, are milking two times a day. Sometimes, some of them are three times a day. So that means there's never, ever, ever a day off, ever. Yeah. Someone's well, got to be there to wait. milk the cows. <laughs> Uh, well, I actually want to play a little game with you, Patty and Trudy. And so I'm going to ask you to grab the whiteboards that, uh, Trudy, are just to your left. And uh, we're going to play a variant of the newlywed game. This is going to be our best friend's <laughs> cheese challenge. And um, so what we're going to do is we're going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you guys to write it down on your whiteboard. Don't show it to each other. And then we'll take a look at your answer while you're writing. I'm going to ask Rachel to talk about some of the cheeses that we're sampling here in the teepee. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start off with a question for Patty and Trudy. Um, this one is about grilled cheese, which was uh, what saved my life yesterday when we got back to the hotel. <laughs> um, so shout out to the Hyatt Place for, thank God, having that on their bar menu. Um, for Patty and Trudy, what kind of cheese is best in sandwich form? And we can specify that to be a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. okay. Grilled, yeah. And while sure. you are contemplating that, um, I was hoping our volunteers could start passing out the You Have to Be Kidding, Rachel. And could you describe that one for us? Sure. So if, uh, if, you're, if you're not catching it by the name, uh, it's called You Have to Be Kidding. It's made by Hook's Cheese in Mineral Point, Wisconsin. Beautiful, small little town. Beautiful... Um, a little creamery um, placed in a corner in the little town. And um, so if you didn't get it, it's, you have to be kidding. So it's a little play on words. It's made with both uh, or goat, cow, and uh, sheep's milk. So kind of perfect that we're talking here to Trudy and Patty. And it's a delicious blue cheese uh, mixed milk product made by Tony Hook, um, who's been making cheese for, I don't know, 45 years. Um, and something super... <laughs> he you, might know a thing or he, two He knows a now. thing or two about cheese. Uh -huh. um, he's also really known for some of his aged cheddars. In fact, he releases a 15-year aged cheddar every year around the holiday season. Um, incredibly delicious. So hopefully everyone's getting a chance to try that one in the audience. All right. Okay. So Patty and Trudy, we're going to come back to you. Are you ready for the big reveal of um, the best cheese for grilled cheese sandwich form? Ready? Okay. Hold big reveal. Let's ready? see. I did too. Sorry. Okay. Can you can you sh oh you guys you okay you have you something in common here? Can you show <laughs> those to the audience? Okay. Um, so both of you we basically both you did something really similar. You both specifically named Telegio and you specifically named Fontina. And um, Trudy, you called that out with uh, sort of categories that you selected those from. So an Alpine and a Wash Rhine cheese together blended. How did you come up with the exact same thing? Is this something that's on your menu? It is. It it's is, <laughs> and, and it's because it's on the menu because we checked out a bunch of different cheeses. We, yeah, we tested a the lot of that recipes, and that combo is really good. And I Beautiful. Think, I think um, what a lot of people don't realize when it comes to a grilled cheese or just heating cooking. cheese up, yeah, cooking, cooking with cheese, cheese once you uh, add heat to cheese, you, you kind of dissipate any kind of um, strength to it in terms of potency. So you really you want to start with something that's 
funky to keep that cheesiness present. And so, hence, uh, a good, nice a alpine. Funk. And, yeah, you and have to have you a want some stink. You want some funk. You want a little stink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the telegio comes in, for sure. But uh, alpine styles, and, and certainly there are plenty of American alpine yep. styles um, out there, too. But you got to bring the funk. Is that very deliberate to combine a firm and a soft cheese as well? Uh, yes, because... Otherwise, once you cut it, if it's warm, it, you just lose it all. It all spills out. So you get a little bit harder. You need a little structure, backbone yep. for your grilled cheese. Exactly. And okay. you got to have the goo factor. All you right, you yeah. want to cut that thing and you want it to go. You want a little gooey, but yeah. I just got extremely hungry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you to erase those whiteboards. You've got an eraser on the cap of your marker. And uh, we're going to go on to the next question. And um, this one is about Charleston. If you guys are going to hit the town for drinks and dinner, you want to go somewhere that has a killer cheese plate, where would you go other than go to Cheap Cow? We have a fan club behind us. Um, Okay, so Rachel, we're going to hand out the next cheese here. Um, So this one is going to be one of my favorites, the Pleasant Ridge Reserve from Uplands. Tell us about this cheese. Always a crowd pleaser, and Patty and Trudy already talked a little bit about that cheese. So uh, it's from Uplands Cheese, which is in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, just kind of southwest of Madison. It's in a beautiful region of Wisconsin, out uh, where we call the Driftless region, beautiful rolling hills. Um, And it's one of the few farmstead operations in Wisconsin, so as they alluded to. Um, Andy Hatch, the cheesemaker, they have beautiful pastures where the cows graze. And this specific cheese is made from the milk when the cows are at pasture. So it gives it that little yellow color, the beta carotene, um, from the grasses that they're eating. Um, It's the most awarded uh, cheese in America, so there's obviously something great about it. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like it's high in vitamins and uh, (laughs) definitely super healthy. (laughs) I'm hoping that Trey makes it over here. Um, Okay, so... Patty and Trudy, best cheese plate, Charleston, outside of goat, sheep, cow. Are you ready? Yeah. No. You look nervous, Trudy. <laughs> are we blanking. ready to show them? There's Both a, of us are blanking. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't run like a full, full cheese plate. They'll run like a single cheese plate. But they have to be getting it from us for us to be able to say this. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I do you have one. something, I know, Trudy? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> We need the little Jeopardy music here. I know, really. To, kill, to fill in <laughs> okay. the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Okay, right. ready, set, go. Let's see. I'm anxious to see what you say. Oh, all right. Okay, <laughs> once again, you guys uh, named the we same place. The same. Uh, just to our left here, the Dewberry Hotel. Wow. They have uh, Henrietta's, the restaurant at Henrietta's gets a really good, I'm trying, I don't know what they're on right now because I'm not handling that. Right. But they always have a, like at least a good three or four cheese cheese plate. Wow. So, and I just I was like, where? Who's doing it? And they're there? not afraid to put some funk on yep. the plate, too. Yep. Oh, good. I think a lot of people are, are afraid of, of kind of those those reach cheeses that are a little bit funky and a little yeah. crazy. Um, but they're not afraid to. They, yeah. they roll with nope. some funk. So They'll uh, they, introduce so they get, some. Yeah. Naturally, they get the cheesemonger vote when you can roll right. with funk. So um, this next one's going to be a little bit of a challenge. You're two for two right now in our newlywed game. So we're going to try to make this a little bit harder, a little broader. Um, Customer comes into Goat Sheep Cow, who's totally new to fine cheeses. What's your go-to recommendation for beginners? And I'm not going to put a category on this because I want to see if you guys come up with the same thing again. So you, you would like a specific cheese? Yeah, or maybe if you have a kind of a guideline for new cheese shoppers. 
but ideally a specific cheese that would go with that. Um, and then we're going to pass out some more samples. I actually, Rachel, I'm going to ask for your help with the pronunciation of this one. Oh, the, the Gouda from Rika? Mm -hmm. It's the Belican Gouda from Rika Gouda, um, another farmstead cheese uh, based out of Thorpe, Wisconsin, just kind of central part of the state. Um, really unique story. Actually, uh, her and her husband, Marika, and her husband, Rolf, emigrated from the Netherlands. Um, her husband's a dairy farmer. Um, was he a Wisconsin. dairy farmer in the Netherlands he as was, well? He was. He cool. was. In fact, he came to the U.S., um, landed in Wisconsin, because it's a great, um, great state for dairying. And uh, then Marika wanted to own her own business, and she was missing Gouda from the Netherlands, and so started making her own Gouda cheese. Fast forward 10 plus years, um, and she makes some of the, the most delicious Goudas, um, many different flavors, but this specific one is her plain um, young Gouda, and mm -hmm. I won, uh, I think, third place at the U.S. Cheese Championship last year. So, wow. award-winning Gouda, super tasty. Um, Wisconsin is pretty much sweeping a lot of these cheese awards, <laughs> it sounds like. It's true. I mean, we're awesome. I mean, people know us for cheese, and that's a good reason for that. So. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, Patty and Trudy, we're going to come back to you with your go-to recommendation for a brand-new cheese shopper at Goat Sheep Cow. Trudy, are you ready? I am. Okay, you don't look super ready. You're still writing. It's <laughs> a long French word. <laughs> Spelling doesn't count. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Ah, Just imagine the Jeopardy music All playing. Right. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Let's have our reveal. One, two, three, go. <laughs> oh, <Sure>. wow. <laughs> okay. So we've got a, a couple different answers here, although it looks like, do you both have one? No, so that looks like a French. you got a French yeah. and Italian. So um, and then appropriately... The actual Gouda that you're sampling right now, the Marika Gouda, it's is uh, one of Patty's recommendations. So yep. um, just quickly tell us about these four cheeses that you've named. Okay. Um, the, the one that I named on top was the Marika, and it was even before you started to talk about it, because people are not afraid of Gouda. They're just not afraid of it. And so it's an easy thing. They usually, on the more aged ones, they like the little crunch. They don't even know how to describe it. They don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but you can do a little start, a little teaching with that. And then the second one that I named was is Oso Arati, and it's a sheep's milk cheese that's it tastes sort of like a young sheep's milk Gouda. And they're both really safe, really easy, but people don't know them, and so you've already gotten them to take that little step into the unknown. Yeah. True. Um, so I, I kind of followed my like my desire and I love sheep's milk cheeses hands down period um, and I feel like most people are familiar with uh, softer brie style cheeses that's if, if if everyone has common knowledge of cheese it's either a cheddar a gouda or, or a brie okay just as bigger categories and so personally um, I like to instead of giving them like a simple brie and, and you've had that before so let's go to the same texture you might probably be familiar with and give you something a little bit more character a little bit of nutty and a little bit of sweet and also really pretty on the plate so that's that's my play when I'm when I'm taking somebody into the uh, into the fold so as a newbie the, say the name so the uh, the cheese is called Brebirus Darjental so. oh can you say that again <laughs> slowly Brebi Rus, which means sheep. Um, Brebi means sh uh, sheep, and Rus means red. Um. So this it's it's a washed uh, it's a washed run cheese. Not washed run technically. It's washed with a natto. So it's this beautiful like orange 
um, square of a cheese, and it's really gooey, and it's kind of sweet and nutty and delicious. So if you like brie, we'll just give you a little bit more character, a little more flavor, and uh, and there's not too many people that I show that cheese to that are like, no, that's not for me. Everybody digs it. Uh, So on a related note, we want to um, just ask you one last question while you're thinking about some of these specific cheeses that might be sort of easy to eat a lot of. Uh, And uh, you might puzzle over this, but I'm going to ask you to um, just probably name the first one that comes to your mind. Uh, We're just coming up to the end of our time, and I want to make sure we sample our fourth cheese from Wisconsin. Um, This question is going to be, if you could eat only one cheese for the rest of your life, what would it be? So good luck with that. And as you mull that over and write your answer down on your board, we're going to pass out the last sample, which is the bandaged cheddar from Blue Mont Dairy. Rachel, tell us about this one. Well, when people think of Wisconsin, they often think of cheddar, right? Um, you Maybe you're your, your traditional yellow-colored cheddar, but what they don't realize is there's a, a ton of really incredible um, aged and artisan cheddars made in Wisconsin. And this one specifically um, is cave-aged. It's bandage-wrapped aged in a real cave in Wisconsin. You can really taste the earth in this one. Um, it's made by Willie Lehner uh, of Bluemont Dairy. Um, really, really tasty cheese. And in fact, um, a local chef in Madison, he's a James Beard Ward winner, uh, Tori Miller, he was just on um, Iron Chef, beat Bobby Flay, and used oh, wow. this cheese. Elton Brown called it like the next Parmesan or something. So you'll have to give that one a taste. Amazing. Well, I hope you guys all get a chance to enjoy all four of these Wisconsin cheeses. Feel free to come up and uh, chat with me and Rachel afterwards uh, if you missed any of them. And um, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody for being here with us. We're going to check in on our end of the world, only one cheese for the rest of your lives answers from Patty and Trudy. Hmm. Be ready to reveal? Let's see. These are going to be different. Totally different. Oh, totally different. Totally different. Okay. Can you name your your end of world cheeses? I I think you both cheated and wrote two. Or is that one? Okay. (laughs) You wrote one. I wrote two. Okay. What's yours, Patty? Um, Valence. It's a a pyramid shaped goat's milk cheese made in France that's ash ripened. And when Mm. it's perfectly ripe, it is absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) Um,. Mine is uh, Pecorino Canestrato, so again, uh, back to the sheep's milk cheeses, and uh, this is just a cheese that delivers flavor in so many different layers, and it's crunchy, and it you want to savor it, um, and with as much yeah, with as much cheese with as we have access to, it's the only cheese that I could eat a lot of, no problem. <laughs> Comte awesome. too is my second one. Yeah, uh-huh. did you put Comte down? <laughs> Uh, well, Patty and Trudy, thank you so much for joining us on thank Heritage you for Radio Network us. in the Culinary Village today. Thank you. It's been Thanks a joy to have you here. Thank you. Um, and Rachel, thank you so much to uh, you and Wisconsin Cheese. Wisconsin Cheese is one of our partners this weekend, and you guys have a couple of big events coming up. The World Cheese Championship Contest is next week in Madison, and then um, you guys are going to be at South By in a couple of weeks and you're creating the world's longest cheese board is that right yes the world's longest cheese board complete with many many in fact like hundreds of cheeses from wisconsin so if you're in town in austin march 13th or 14th make sure you stop by is this a guinness attempt it we are going to break the guinness record it's not going to be official but unofficially we're going to break their record so So. anyone who's going to be at south by definitely find wisconsin cheese find the world's longest cheese board that sounds like 
a party to me. Cheese lover's dream. Um, so huge thank you, Rachel, for being on air with us today um, and for the cheese samples. I can't wait to get some of these. Um, thanks to Wisconsin Cheese for supporting Heritage Radio Network on tour and to all of our sponsors, including Springer Mountain Farms and the Julia Child Foundation for Gastronomy and the Culinary Arts, as well as Big Green Egg. Thanks for making it possible for us to come down to Charleston this weekend and be part of the festival. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN. We'll be back after just a short break with more interviews all day, and we'll be back again tomorrow in the teepee, so come find us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>